everyone. Welcome to Typhoon Talks, brought to you by Typhoon Consulting, a boutique management consultancy headquartered in Hong Kong. My name is Chen Yang, and I'm a consultant here with the firm. Many people have encountered comfort issues, such as waking up cold in the middle of the night, or have a hard time falling asleep because of the room temperature. Constantly adjusting your aircon to meet your needs can be quite frustrating. Here with me today is a company that aims to revolutionize the way people use aircon in the region. Next to me is Julian Lee, CEO and co-founder at MB Labs. Welcome, Julian. Hi. Uh, thanks for having me. So to start with, Julian, can you briefly tell us what is MB and how did you get started? So MB Climate is an AI-powered controller for air conditioners and heat pumps. It works with anything with a remote control. So you know the air conditioners you quite commonly find in the Asia Pacific region, sort of wall-mounted mini splits, that sort of thing. A key differentiator of our system is that we use AI to learn about your comfort. Because today, when you control the air conditioner, you can only set the temperature, but there are many other factors that affect your comfort. So things like humidity or sunlight coming in the room, changing weather outside, things like that. So our AI engine learns about how these factors affect your comfort, and then automatically adjusts the air conditioner to not just make you feel more comfortable. A lot of our users save energy as well. Right. So how did you get into this space? So I think you know back when we founded the company back in about 2012, we were looking around a lot of. Uh, sort of smart ACs, uh, you know, globally that were coming yeah. onto the market. So you had the Nest thermostat in the US, mm. in Japan. You had some smart ACs from manufacturers. Mm. So we we're kind of looking at, you know, what was out there, and we thought that, you know, the, an aftermarket add-on would make a lot of sense for the market because a typical air conditioner is used for about ten to twelve years before it's replaced. Yeah. So you know, having the intelligence sort of separate from that, we thought, you know, was a good place, you know, a good market to address. So you mentioned uh, use artificial intelligence, and these days it's almost like a buzzword, and everybody claims that it uses artificial intelligence and machine learning. Yeah. So how does it specifically work out for MB Labs? So I think you know for us, um, so you know like everything else is really very uh, temperature sort of focused, as we mentioned. So you know a key differentiator of our system is that user gives us uh, comfort feedback. You know through our app or through a voice assistant like Amazon Alexa or Google Home, they tell us that they feel hot, cold, or comfortable. And as they give us that feedback, then we use machine learning to sort of uh, break down and analyze, you know, how the different factors affect them. Um, so we also have another model which learns about the performance of the air conditioner in the room, okay. because of course the same model air conditioner in a big room or a small room or different layouts or different age of equipment, all of that can affect the actual and uh, real output yeah. of the device. But then I guess it will work perfectly when there's only one person in the room. But what if there are many people in the room? How do you average the feelings of everybody? So you know we have a new feature which is、uh, being released this year,、yeah. which is the multi-user sort of comfort model.、Oh. So actually, as uh, you know, uh, multi, you can sort of indicate who is in the room,、mm-hmm. and as the people,、uh, if everyone has their own profile, then as they're in the room, then we try and find a happy medium between their comfort preferences. Uh, so this actually was a very commonly requested feature because right. You know, quite typically, in you know in a in a household or in a you know a couple relationship, then one person will、yeah. like things warmer, one person will like things cooler. So in that case,、um, do everybody hold a remote control or? You only use one remote control to、um, send the signal. So, so we don't.、Uh, so the signals are sent from the ambiclimate device itself. So、yeah. actually, you know, it's there's, there's no need to use a physical remote. Yeah.、Um, so as people give their feedback into the system, then we build up individual profiles. So these、okay. profiles are combined when they're multiple. Oh, I see. Okay. And for、um, such a business, I understand that you have to spend a lot on artificial intelligence research and development. 
Um, but then at the same time, you also have to invest a lot on software and hardware. So how do you manage the capital requirements? Mm. I think you know, we're quite fortunate uh, that we actually have uh, investors you know, who believe in our vision yeah. and were able to back us along the way. Mm. You know, it has been, quite, uh, has been you know, quite a lot of development effort required, uh, I think as a you know, AIoT sort of type of a product, then mm. we have you know, uh, you know, hardware, uh, electronics, you know, production, you know, inventory, as well as the software side of the business. So you know, everything you know, from mobile app development to you know, the cloud development to the AI side. Yeah, so when you encountered investors, what are their biggest uh, concerns or challenges uh, to your business? I mean, I think that, you know, we have to find strategic investors, you know, yeah. who really understood, you know, the longer term vision um, and looked at the, you know, the longer term potential. I think that, you know, in the Asia Pacific region, for sure, we have met, previously met, you know, a lot of investors who are looking for, you know, um, I guess more like growth stage companies, mm -hmm. you know, with a more uh, sort of you know that uh, trajectory, uh, you know, and better sort of uh, kind of a very uh, big traction numbers mm -hmm. and that sort of thing. I guess the difference for a hardware play versus a software play is that you know when the traction comes, uh, you know, because the establishing the retail networks mm -hmm. and that so it takes a lot of time. And yeah. Effort. So when the traction comes, it will grow very quickly, but you know the initial period is kind of slower. Yeah. So I think that's where finding the people who sort of understand are willing to accept, you know, uh, you know how this model works mm. and how it's different from a pure software play is pretty important for us. Right. And currently you're available both online and in offline mm -hmm. retail stores. Which channel is more popular to you? So I think it depends country by country. So okay. like, let's say, you know, in Hong Kong, uh, Hong Kong is definitely a more like offline retail sort of uh, uh, sort of market where, you know, we see a lot of people who, you know, they, uh, they, they visit our website, mm. they consume all the content, they're very interested, yeah. and then they go and buy offline. Okay. Um, you know, whereas in comparison, like in the US, we have uh, practically no offline presence, mm. but you know, it's all very, you know, people are very used to e-commerce and you know, they, I guess, you know, there a lot of people believe in Amazon, so yeah. they buy from there, yeah. <laughs> right, so why do you think in Hong Kong, offline is more popular? I is it because the like user habit? Partly user habit, partly is also the geographical size, mm. and also the sort of instant gratification. You know, you yeah. can you read about something, you're interested, you can go to a shop, pick it up, right. and then buy it straight away. <laughs> it's so, really convenient yeah. here. Okay. So speaking of Hong Kong, I know it's a market where air conditioning is in high demand because of mm. the weather. But what surprised me the most is that a lot of people are still using building window-sized air cones perhaps purchased in the 80s. Mm. So do you see a lot of challenges to enter this market or develop this market? I mean, so I think, you know, we never sort of plan to only focus on Hong Kong. Mm -hmm. So, you know, we were certainly looking at, you know, what is the most prevalent type of air conditioning installed yeah. worldwide? Mm -hmm. So I think an interesting sort of factoid, if you like, is that out of the 700 million air conditioning households in the world, mm -hmm. about 50 million in the US with the central air sort of paradigm, and you know most markets tend to use this uh, split unit infrared control sort of air conditioner. Mm -hmm. So that's where you know suddenly that's where we saw the global opportunity. Yeah. Now in Hong Kong there are some challenges. Um, mm -hmm. I think we do see a lot of the newer window units do come with remote controls. So yeah. And work with those. So I think that's kind of evolving. Mm -hmm. And also um, yeah I think that you know we do see a lot of the sort of newer developments. Yeah. You know tend to have a sort of split unit as well. Mm -hmm. So an interesting fact about our devices that a lot of our users are actually in new sort of homes with new air conditioners. Right. So it's you know you I think you know some people would assume that well if you buy a smart AC yeah. you don't need our product. 
actually a lot of our users who buy our product already have a smart AC. <laughs> so, oh, okay. <laughs> I'm not surprised that these people are more into the new technology、mm-hmm. and want to try new products. So, as to the Hong Kong market, what kind of customization of products do you make、mm-hmm. for this market? So you know we do.、Uh, I mean we do some light sort of customization in terms、yeah. of you know packaging and instruction manuals and that sort of thing.、Uh, But in terms of the product itself, I guess the key difference for us is that you know we really designed our product for Asia Pacific audience to begin with. Okay. So you know、uh, compared to you know at the time when we got started, you know、uh, the smart AC market was really focused on the U.S. with the、uh, you、yeah. know Nest thermostat and other thermostats、mm. like that.、Um, the lifestyle habits are very different. So in the U.S., it's an always on. AC paradigm. So,、oh, right. <laughs> you know, some friends tell me they turn on the AC in March and turn it off in November and <laughs> the whole time. Yeah. But clearly, in Asia, that's not what people do.、Mm. So we designed our product ground up to be to focus on sort of lifestyle habits in the Asia Pacific region. Right. Now, an interesting thing、mm. is that you know it doesn't only apply to the Asia Pacific. We now find that we have you know customers in you know in the Middle East, in Europe,、mm. in Latin America. So actually, that paradigm is more global than we originally anticipated. Yeah, and I guess the climate is also different here.、Yeah. Okay, so、um, for the next step, which market are you looking to expanding to? Um, so I guess you know globally in terms of market expansion, I guess we're looking at、um, you know we are expanding globally you know right now we、yeah. have we're in about ten ten twelve markets at the moment、mm-hmm. uh, mainly around the Asia Pacific. Okay.、Um, now we are expanding this year into Europe,、mm-hmm. uh, Middle East,、uh, and sort of Australia, New Zealand. Yeah. As, and also starting to look at Latin America as well. So I think you know by the end of this year we you know our goal is to get to at least twenty twenty five markets by the end of this year. How about those developing or emerging markets in Asia? I think the developing markets are interesting.、Mm-hmm. I think that it's a lot of it is really this big sort of、uh, wealth gap.、Yeah. So you know it's really about tar- you know question is can we effectively target the you know the really the smaller、mm. percentage but very affluent people. Yeah. And so you know we are sort of exploring those as well. Do you see connectivity or infrastructure a challenge to you as well to enter these markets? Um, I think you know certainly there is because we have a always on sort of、yeah. uh, you know sort of a, a Wi-Fi or a internet connectivity requirement.、Yeah. Um, however, I guess you know it's not as、uh, it's not as challenging as it may sound because、mm-hmm. even in a lot of developed markets, let's say in Scandinavia, a lot of people、uh, you know will buy our product for use in their summer homes,、mm-hmm. and they probably don't have fixed internet, so they rely on like mobile routers and that sort of thing. So we are used to dealing with that、mm-hmm. sort of long,、uh, you know, slightly more delayed,、uh, you know, slightly lower latent,、uh, sorry, higher latency sort of type、yeah. of a、uh, connection. Right. So right now, if I look into the market, there are a few big players, and you mentioned a few competitors as、mm. well. How do you differentiate your product from your competitors?、Mm. So I mean, I think you know overall we definitely welcome like the overall trend, you know, the move towards AI, AIoT. Yeah. I mean, there are several companies that use that moniker, you know, including I、mm. think you know some Japanese air conditioner manufacturers as well. Okay. I think that overall we believe this is an overall industry trend, industry shift. Mm. Because、uh, you know this is where you know up until now IoT has been more like you know it's a re- another form of remote control. Yeah. So there's there's little real intelligence behind it,、mm. but we think this、uh, application of AI to it really you know empowers that. Now we do see that、uh, at the moment I'd say you know the market is plenty big enough for everyone. 
And you know, we do think that with our you know, uh, database of users over that over a long time period, with our experience in developing these algorithms and really making them apply in a real world environment, yeah. uh, you know, this and also I think the AI is very different what we're doing. We're yeah. doing like a real time AI mm. is very different from let's say a data science sort of type of analysis. Mm. So uh, I think we think that we do have a, like a technological advantage, yeah. uh, which allows us to you know explore you know how we can develop the markets further. Yeah. Now uh, we are also I think as a testament maybe to some of our technology, you know, we are certainly exploring you know large scale B two B partnerships with yeah. air conditioner manufacturers and the like. So I think just to sum up, mm -hmm. I think you know we think that uh, the overall market development is great. Yeah. Uh, we think we do have a technological advantage, mm -hmm. and you know we are sort of working hard to make sure that we can maintain and even hopefully expand on that. Yeah, but you mentioned real-time AI. My understanding is that you always need to get more users to get this real-time feedback. And in that sense, do you think as a growing startup, you are in disadvantage compared to those big existing players? Because apparently, like Xiaomi, they have millions of users already. So it's easier for them to collect this kind of information and de develop their artificial intelligence technology. Right. So yeah, I mean, I think that it depends on, you know, we do sort of keep tabs of what other sort of companies are doing. Yeah. And so I'd say that in terms of the, the at least their approach, you mm -hmm. know, is from what we can see, they're developing more uh, sort of uh, bolt-on AI applications yeah. on top of their existing usage paradigms. Mm -hmm. uh, whereas, you know, we uh, sort of, we built the product from ground up to support this sort of AI paradigm, and which means that our approach is fundamentally different. Okay. So, you know, we do think that we have some advantages in that way. Now, I mm -hmm. think, you know, being a startup, you know, nothing is you know, insurmountable. Yeah. If you have a huge company, throw a lot of money in a problem, mm -hmm. you know, they're definitely going to solve it. But we do have, I think, an interesting uh, phenomenon is that because of the time series element, you know, we have, you know, sort of several years of data about particular users. Yeah. So we can understand things like seasonality changes, mm -hmm. and, you know, sort of lifestyle changes and that sort of thing. So we do think that, you know, the... You know, the, the data that we have is, a, is also a, a strong advantage for us. Right, okay. So, unfortunately, that's all the time we have for today. Just to wrap up, could you please share with us where you see MB Labs is heading to in five years? So, I think, you know, for us, we really want to go, uh, you know, to it's mainly about uh, market expansion, yeah. you know, growing into different markets. As we said, you know, 700 million air conditioning households, it's a pretty mm -hmm. big market in that sense. Yeah. I think we want to, you know, very much continue development of our AI to really become like the, you know, market leader in this space. And I think that, you know, but uh, part of that is really, um, you know, also exploring sort of, um, sort of ancillary markets. So things where, you know, how we can grow, make use of our AI, make use of our data and grow sort of uh, into adjacent markets in that sense. And in terms of product mix, do you see more diversification in the future? I think, you know, we very much believe in like, you know, uh, diversifying too early in a resource limited environment is a yeah. dangerous strategy. Yeah. So we want to focus and we want to sort of excel in our area. I think that, you know, if, you know, if it gets to sort of market saturation for the smart AC, yeah. then, you know, we'd certainly look at expanding into other areas. Great. Thank you very much, Julian, for joining us today. Thank you. That concludes today's episode of Typhoon Talks. Follow us on Facebook, iTunes and SoundCloud at Typhoon Talks for more podcast episodes. Also, please visit our website at www.typhoonconsulting.com for more industry points of view. We hope you will join us again next time.